You're listening to the Limitless Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why, and what of creating limitless careers with me, Just Jazz. I'm a multi-passionate, wildly ambitious lover of tea and r and I'm also on a mission to guide more high achievers to the careers and lives they deeply desire through coaching. Yeah, you heard me, desire. No shame or secrets about it. Here, we boldly embrace ambition by owning, being, and doing more in our careers. And in each episode, we break down the barriers to creating something that will make you and everyone you know step back in awe while keeping it simple. So what are you waiting for? Let's dive into the episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the Limitless Career Podcast. I'm really excited again to have a guest with me. So I am not rolling solo today. We are going to dive into some juicy topics as I always do. And today, the person diving in with me on the juicy topic of community, like on a whole, we're going to go all over the houses because we have varying experience. We have some things we want you all to know and to consider when it thinks about when you think about community. Um, and also community management as a discipline, because full disclosure, that's what my day job actually is. So I talk about my day job a lot on this ep- on this podcast, but um, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of what my Monday to Friday nine to six looks like. Um, but before I dive into that, I'd love to introduce you to our guest today. We have Serena. Hey, Serena. Hey, how are you going? Good. <laughs> Can you just introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, of course. Uh, so I am Serena G. I am Australian, uh, living at the moment in Cyprus, living a very lovely remote work life. Um, my professional career has taken off and has landed me now into community management. So I run my small agency called Sense and Forum. Uh, it's basically just me sitting in my little office uh, and hoping to turn it into some kind of maybe a lounge would be nice with a few extra people supporting me. I don't want to say studio because it just sounds weird. (laughs) Uh, Comfy land. Um, Yeah, and I work with um, startups, small businesses, people who have membership-based communities. At the moment, this is where Jazz and I met. We met um, in the Bad and Flourish community where I'm a community Mm -hmm. manager and Jazz is very supportive in that community and I'm very grateful for her jumping in when I can't. Um, but life is good and um, I'm really enjoying this journey in community management. Amazing. Yeah, so we both met through Found and Flourish. Found and Flourish gives me life. I think I've mentioned it on the <laughs> podcast a few times. So if you want to know what that is, we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but I love that you said like my career took off and like I'm now here in community management. What was your journey towards what you're doing now? Yeah, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was in high school. I don't think anyone does, and I hate the pressure they put on you. And my mum was like, you're really good at arranging parties. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> She's like, so we explored event management. And um, I was 16, 17 at the time, hosting parties at home. And um, we went to this, like, career course thing, and, yeah, event management stood out for me. So I applied, got it stuck into event management and hospitality and then ended up um, going, getting into uni where I studied marketing and event management and tourism. Um, and that's all took off in Australia. And then I spent five years then working in hotel sales, um, selling event spaces, managing corporate events for companies that were in accounting, law firms, 
all names, all sorts of things. I avoided weddings because I'm not a fluffy <laughs> type of person. So I left that to someone who was a bit kinder. Um, and then life was kind of like, wow, where, where do you want to go next? I had moved states in Australia. I moved from Adelaide to Melbourne to get different experience. But then I was like, there's like the whole world out there. Like what else can I experience? So like every Australian, I got a work visa and headed over to the UK for what was only supposed to be two years, but ended up being seven. And I worked for the Australian government, um, supporting them um, with events and run a club, uh, which is kind of where community management kind of started to first pop up for me um, and worked mostly with wine brands, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, And I did lots of activations, PR type work, um, trade and investment opportunities for wine brands exporting into the UK and Europe. Um, and then like a bit of a career uh, change kind of went on into event management in the wine industry. And then I was like, I need to start working for myself because I'm just not getting the creative opportunities that that I want. Um, so Sense and Forum was born. Uh, and now mm-hmm. all of that event management um experience marketing experience over that time kind of just started to sit with me early pandemic and I was like what do I do with this I can't be like a jack of all trades no one understands what I do I need to niche (laughs) Uh, and community management was the thing that I was getting approached for I started seeing it pop up more and more with startups um it was starting to be you can see it more in the values of these startups, community, I want community, we want people to feel like they're a part of a community um, and you're seeing it more and more now and this is two years on. So it's, yeah, mm. really, it's really, really resonating with a lot of people. Oh, that's huge. Fair <laughs> warning, I can't remember if I gave this warning, but I'm giving it now. We're going to bounce between community as a tool and a resource for your personal development, but also going to deep dive into what it actually looks like as a career and its function because I think it would be, a wasted opportunity if we didn't have both of those conversations so what was really interesting about what you just said I studied hospitality management at uni and went into an event management graduate program I ended up on the (laughs) wedding side I definitely did the corporate stuff but ended up on the wedding side so totally get what you mean where it's just like yeah there's a lot of you decided gold last week and you're calling me up to say silver (laughs) this week and I've already ordered the napkins like (laughs) it's it's a lot it's interesting but I think actually hearing your journey is one of those things that I kind of celebrate because as much as we're told to niche the thing that I know makes me a kick-ass community manager is the fact that I've had varied experiences because it is one of those roles that is like a hybrid role so much so that actually if any of you were to google community management or look for a community management role they'll be in completely different departments of a business. They'll have completely different aims, different resources. Um, And exactly like you said, for startups, you know, they're saying, look, I've got a product and we want to build a community around folks who are getting value from that product or want to get value from that product. And then there's other sides where the community is the product. So like Found and Flourish, for instance, Mm -hmm. the power of Found and Flourish is that it is the community. Like if we were to have no events, no resources, no like exclusive member discount. But if we were to strip all of that back and just keep putting people in a room regularly, it would still be amazing. And I think that's what people want. They kind of, they want to see the alchemy of that. 
And I think when you experience that as a person, it can be deeply profound because you walk into a room where you know the host or the peers in the room get it. They get you. So there's a sense of kinship with that. But there's also a sense of this kind of being a unique, magical thing. It's like when you meet someone and you get along so well and it's just like, I can't believe we just met. I feel like I've known you my whole life. It's like that, but like with lots of people. (laughs) And that can be really, really helpful in like building your confidence and immersing yourself in a new industry and so many other things that that are really important for us to grow our careers. Yeah, I think especially with events, events is about people bringing people together. So much of that resonates in community. And a lot of the things that I did when I ran events was the networking side of it. So there'll be 200 people joining an event and I'd be like, okay, who needs to connect with who? And no one likes going to a networking event alone. (laughs) So when you know there's someone running around the room trying to make you a connection, you would feel a lot more comfortable going to an event. So that was my job basically going, right, you need to meet this person. I'm going to connect you here. You have a conversation. Here's a glass of wine. Enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Who's that? We're the friend makers. Like, I think that's kind of what it is. And whether there's like a product in between that or not, I think it's really important. And, you know, as she said, like the pandemic happened and many folks who had never considered or maybe even dismissed community found themselves really craving it because they realized, you know, I'm a social being. As much as I can sit in my corner and read my book or, you know, watch my Netflix, do my gardening or whatever, there's an element of me that wants to be around like-minded folks in some way, shape or form. And where the workplace used to be that for many of us, and it still is, I'd actually go as far to kind of argue that that has now become the new purpose of the workplace in its physical context. So like an office, Mm -hmm. Um, it's no longer about like, tons of productivity it's actually about that social connection and that sense of belonging and community um so it's really really interesting for me again when I and I get it when I introduce myself to people and I tell them what I do people kind of dismiss it as like this going back to kind of what you said like party planner you just do fun things apparently it's not a serious function it's not a serious job (laughs) Like, what is that? You just make friends with people all day and get paid for that stuff? Do you ever kind of come across that and, like, what do you want those folks to know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think when I was an event manager, that's exactly my friends. Like, you're just having a great old time, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm exhausted. <laughs> um, because, you know, even though you're running an event and you're, you know, enjoying a glass of wine with people that you've been managing this event with probably for the last six months, uh, you're still finishing at like say what one two o'clock in the morning and then mm-hmm. I mean the expectation back, back the then day, if it's yeah, you're, like, oh gosh yeah. you're back the next day <laughs> at like office hours there's no respite and uh so it's constant and then I don't I think what people don't understand with event management is when you're on the go for like six months managing a really big event it's the come down afterwards because you're just running on adrenaline that whole entire time and then all of a sudden it's, it's finished like all those relationships you build, <laughs> um, all the you know those people you're emailing, organizing everything, like oh, six months of planning for like maybe three hours of an event, and it's just done. And then you're like, well, how do you how do you manage your body and your mind and your energy and come down kind of slowly uh, out of that kind of adrenaline rush? That's now that I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, oh, I almost missed that a bit, <laughs> but I'm glad I don't have to deal with that all of the time. <laughs> 
<laughs> You've got more of the consistent hum of communities that you work with. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just consistent things, milestones, yeah. like an <laughs> annual calendar, a five-year plan, a 10-year strategy. <laughs> <laughs> what has, I guess, community meant for you personally? Because obviously you work in it, but like, are there communities that you're part of and how have you seen that sort of impact you and your journey? Yeah, so when I started out, I was at home, this is pre-pandemic, and I had my little desk in my one-bedroom flat in London, and I was like, this is really lonely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like all of a sudden I had no colleagues and no one to bounce ideas off of, and I was just Googling away, and I was like, there has to be, like, people like me, like meeting Mm -hmm. up, there has to be something. And I actually discovered the doers who did We Don't Do Lonely Days uh, and then started to realise this kind of, ecosystem of freelancers and um, entrepreneurs, small business owners all coming together and then led me to then discover a startup called Andco, which was one of my first clients. Then through them, I I discovered Leapers, which is a mental health community for self-employed and um, small business owners, freelancers. And then through that, it just kind of, everything just kept evolving. Like then Brandon Flourish popped up, then um, you know, a couple of years on, Found and Flourish have so many amazing people in there that also run communities. And, you know, my accountants in Found and Flourish, Caroline, she runs her own little community on Facebook. So now I'm in her community. And mm-hmm. I just feel like in each and every one of these communities, you know, you what you put in, you get out. And it's just like having cheerleaders. Uh, I don't need colleagues. I don't need the water cooler moments anymore. It's just like I've got people. They're here. They're supporting me. They're cheering me on. I don't have to have the heated debate in the office anymore <laughs> about certain things. <laughs> I have an idea and someone doesn't pull it apart. They kind of embrace it and say, well done. That's, that's great. And, um, you know, this is my, from my experience, this is what you could do. Or People are happy to share their stories. Whereas everyone's mm-hmm. kind of in, in the corporate world, they're not, it's not like that. It's a bit icky and stale and, um, that's, I think, my biggest takeaway from finding community as a self-employed freelancer, small business owner, whatever you want to call me. I don't, I don't know. I'm still not, I'm still not sure. All the things. <laughs> all the things. All the, all the labels. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's one thing that we, we, well, I actually threw out before we hit record on this episode was really understanding that there's a difference between a community and a network. Mm-hmm. And what we have kind of been used to or in some ways indoctrinated into, like when I think of university, we were encouraged to network. And what that ends up looking like is the elevator pitch, the snazzy way of describing yourself, right? You kind of end up, you get trained to show up as your representative, like a different version, like the Sasha Fierce version of yourself, as opposed to like the everyday if you ask me how are you, I'm going to tell you that I'm tired and I've been up since five version of me. And I have to say that that's the biggest thing that I recognize. um, And I would say to our listeners, for you to know whether you're in a network that also is a community, right? Because they can be both. Or whether you are in a community is whether you feel like you can show up as you with all of your vulnerability, with your authenticity, with your genuine, I'm going to call them silly questions. We say there's no such thing as a silly question, but literally is it a space where you show up and you go, I don't know what that means. Somebody said it about six times. What is that? (laughs) 
you know, versus a network where you go, oh, yeah, 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 I looked into that myself, right? Again, that pressure to kind of like contort yourself into whatever this sort of space wants you to be. And, yeah. and what I would encourage you is to do, like as listeners, do that sense check because what we're talking about here is community and that's where you can get so much value because you're not doing the emotional labor of being fake. You've joined around a common purpose. So like even some of those communities you mentioned, they've got a very clear objective or subject or core value or topic, you know, whatever you want to describe it as, everybody knows why they're there. So now that we get that out of the way, there doesn't need to be any airs and graces, right? I don't join a mental health community for entrepreneurs and freelancers and pretend that I have no awareness of mental health and I'm perfectly fine all the time and it's great. It's like, actually, so we're all here because this is a journey for us. Today was (laughs) a shit day. I was trapped in bed and I've got client stuff due. And again, like you just show up as yourself. And then that's where people are able to support you at your point of need because they know what it is. And there's no shame in having a need. Just like there's no shame in like putting yourself out there and saying, hey, trying to figure life out. Any advice? Let me know. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think if you're showing up not as yourself, you're not going to find your tribe and you're not going to be able to um, connect with people that will give, like support you well enough. I think one of the biggest things I've learned is saying no to things that don't align and if you're putting yourself if you're a circle in a square hole putting yourself in a square hole you're not going to find the support proper support that you need um you're going to be led in the wrong direction so it's best to completely be your whole self swear whatever like speak (laughs) with your normal accent like I know for example myself being an Australian in the UK was almost difficult and I almost had kind of scaled back a a bit and I'm kind of like I'm Australian screw it like let's just Mm -hmm. do myself now um speak the way I want to be get rid of this corporate jargon that's been kind of you know these preformed emails like that just speak nicely (laughs) and like let's just talk to people um and by doing that and it's taken the last four or five years for me to get to this point where I'm like right just speak just just talk Mm -hmm. rather than write corporate and since doing that, I've been able to connect with people so much more on a different level. People resonate with it. They see your real. You see when that you talk about your story and where you've been and how you got to where you are. And people are like, okay, I can connect with you. I don't have to hide anything. I can be my whole self in front of you. Um, and I think it does really do justice when you don't pretend to be someone else. And if it's not, if, if you have to walk into a room and Maybe I kind of feel like networking is almost like the hesitancy of walking into the room is walking in because you're walking in as someone else, not yourself. So you're like, Mm. I have to show up as this person now and I don't feel uncomfortable being that person. If I could just show up and be myself, I'd be much more relaxed. This week's podcast is sponsored by Ambitious Career Strategy, the six-week group program that shows you how to turn every career lemon into the juiciest lemonade. Learn to own your impact, show up authentically and get stuff done to reach your career goals. This is the program designed to stay with you beyond the six weeks and give you a plan that fits like Cinderella's slipper. Go to justjazz.co forward slash career dash strategy to join the next cohort. Oh my gosh, it's almost like as you were saying it and 
folks, you know, I like to get abstract and metaphorical. <laughs> but it just made me think of all of the superhero films. So like Batman, Spider-Man, <laughs> Superman, whether it, like, it comes with a suit. And when life gets sticky, they end up in the superhero suit at their day job and vice versa. And it's like, oh, where are my powers? <laughs> where are my equipment? Oh, you see me. Oh, gosh, I wasn't meant... You, you're not meant to see my face. Like, <laughs> it creates that conundrum that it's just, like, tense to watch, but even tenser to be in, because yes. it's like, with one word or one appearance, I've just unraveled everything that you held true about me. Mm-hmm. And then you end up having to rebuild. But more than anything, it's exhausting to kind of always walk around with, like, a superhero costume in your bag. Just, just, just wear the cape with your dress and your trainers. Like... <laughs> And put your pajamas on too if you want. And show up in those. Be all of it because yeah. you are. You are. You know all of it. And we're not saying like you pluck things out of thin air when you go to a networking event, but you show the shiny. Yeah. Right. You show that you show the shiny, but it's like maybe just glisten. Like be real with a little bit of shine. <laughs> yeah. That's more close to life, and and it takes less of your energy to kind of be that way. To be fair. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that I think for me that I find in community and I definitely try and create in the community that I run is a sense of connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also realise more and more that connection requires a sense of self-awareness um, and kind of connection to self. And this is not me necessarily going woo-woo, but like using the example of like Found and Flourish, the network that we're in. I had to understand for myself that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So then I could show up in that space as an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur and make connections based on that. And I think maybe some folks find it tough to understand if they fit the criteria for a community Mm -hmm. um, or or if they fit the criteria for the community, but they may be a little bit worried about building connection, right? So that's the, uh, I don't, I, I swear I don't call this, you know, I don't say this phrase professionally, there's another word, <laughs> but the lurkers. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, You haven't done anything, mm-hmm. I haven't seen you, like, you're there, you're there, mm-hmm. but you're really there. What's going on? Come into the room. Can I get you a drink? Can I get you a snack? (laughs) (laughs) What would would you want our lurkers, our community lurkers to know? (laughs) I love the lurkers because I've had this conversation with clients before. They're like, there's so many people in here, but there's no one like engaging. I'm like, yes, but they're listening and they're watching Mm. and they're absorbing and they're taking away something definitely because you can see it. Sometimes if you know your community well, you can see mm-hmm. it out when, you know, on their Instagrams, on their LinkedIn's, uh, the people that you see them connect with. Um, so my advice for the lurkers, let me know what you're doing. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't just sit there and do it privately. Like, just yeah, shout about it. Be like, give me some more of this because I'm reading yeah. it. I read it. I watched it. It was cool. Yeah. I, I almost uh, feel like the emojis were created for lurkers because it's like a yeah. little way of being like, I see you. <laughs> Just send me a thumbs up. Like, uh, there's a like button there. It's super easy to hit the like button. It just doesn't take any more than a second. <laughs> uh, if you've read it, just hit the like button. <laughs> that's what, I think that's the funniest thing because you can see the amount of people that have hit like, but you can also see the amount of people who have read it. 
And mm. it's like, well, if you oh. taken the time to read it, why didn't you just, I mean, okay, yeah, maybe you didn't like it, it but, <laughs> but maybe you loved it. Maybe you thought it was funny. Maybe you wanted to give it a thumbs down. It's, they're yeah. all available options. <laughs> it's so true because I can relate yeah. to that. Like I run a community for a product analytics tool. So naturally I've got the data. Yeah. I think that's one thing that's really, really interesting. We're getting into our nerdy bag about the day job yeah. now. <laughs> bear, bear with us. But yeah, really the for the is like creating a community where I truly believe that I want folks to choose their own adventure. And if that means I never hear from you, you never join an event, but you're lurking, then that's cool. And I say that to other people and they're like, but don't we want people chatting in the channels and posting and responding? And I'm just like, not everybody has energy for that. And is yeah. that the true definition of value? Because if, if that's what the aim of my game is, like, that can still happen. You yes. can read a post and then reach out to somebody off of our platform. You can reach out to them on LinkedIn. I don't know whether that's happening because mm-hmm. you don't need to give me any indication that that's happening. So exactly. it's really, really interesting holding that space and holding true to the fact that, like, it's not all about the sort of shiny and obvious signals of engagement or connection. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a little bit more nuanced, nuanced than that because we're nuanced as people, right? Yeah. Even when we look at communication preferences, introversion versus extroversion, remote work versus I love being in the office and everything in between, folks are choosing their own adventures and it's all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like if we... If I use the example like of Snickers bar or something, Snickers doesn't know when everyone buys the Snickers and, and then when they eat it, mm. you, know, and, you know. So yeah. I think think about it that way. You know, someone is watching, they're taking it in, but you never will know when they use it. The analytics and the, the knowing, if people are like, oh, what are the metrics? How can we measure this? And it's like, mm. <laughs> how do you manage people? <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, I think if I want just the, the lurkers, just beware that we are watching the lurkers. Like we, <laughs> the lurkers think they're invisible, but we know. <laughs> yeah. And I say that, you know, because it, it, we could be ending it on a creepy note there. I do that every so often. <laughs> but we're saying it to say that, like, you could lurk and, and view something. That at least gives us the signal that they love this topic. Let's take it to the next level. Let's do another yeah. post. Let's do another video, another training, another recording or whatever it is so you know it's, it's all for the greater good you know yeah it helps us out a lot because we're like okay that that worked really well that's got a really good response you want more of that let's give you yeah. more of that let's do it let's do it <laughs> and I guess one thing that's really interesting from my bias perspective is like you living La Vida Digital Nomad so much so mm-hmm. that I assumed that you were in Australia when we jumped on the phone. You're like, <laughs> no, babe, spent a couple of weeks there and kept it moving. Yeah. Um, how does that like inspire or influence your work as a community manager? Yeah. Um, I think as time goes on, the whole remote work situation will get easier. People, will, I think are still there's a sticky situation. It's like, you must return back to the office now. And it's like, hmm, but no, I don't want to. I'm here. <laughs> I've set up my life here now. Um, and I can do everything I was doing in my one-bedroom flight in London that I was doing here, that I am doing here. Um, so, yeah, managing communities is simple because everything's online. Um, things are slowly starting to progress into kind of in-real-life situations, but the communities that I run have the support and the kind of teams to be able to facilitate those without me being there 
Um, and if I did need someone on the ground, I could book a flight to London, it's easy, or in the UK, wherever I need to be. Like, it's not that hard to travel now. Um, and you just do it, and you plan it in, and you get it done. Um, yeah, and um, in terms of finding a community and, like, combating that loneliness here, um, you'd be surprised how many people are doing the same thing and enjoying, like, the remote like, work life. I... I think in living in London, I kind of struggled trying to find people with genuine, like who are remote work or not remote work, freelancers, self-employed people. Like it was difficult mm. to make connections in a big city here. There's remote workers, digital nomads everywhere. And I've even set up my own community because I'm like, come to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to sit at home Amazing. all day and work on my own. So, um, yeah, I set up a co-working community and we get together and work once a week and you know, you're just meeting people from everywhere or walks of life and it just expands the mind so much because you're like, mm. I don't have to think about my little London bubble anymore. I'm thinking about the world. I'm thinking about what's happening in the EU. I'm thinking about, you know, trends in the US. Like it just is it's eye-opening. It's nice. Mm. And doing that through people, like building yeah. relationships and connections. I did a similar thing. It was pre-pandemic actually when I was like this side hustling stuff in the darkness is getting a bit lonely um I'm working on Saturdays there must be other people who have side hustles that work on Saturdays I put up an event right for like a multi-passionate co-working <laughs> two people showed up and like one of them was still great friends to this day I see her at least once every six weeks because I've just kept it going post-pandemic I call them mix and mingle sessions and nice. we're either just like socializing which then turns into work because we end up like brainstorming together and being like can you just can I just walk you through my new offer or my new, like, how can I pitch? You know, we're kind of supporting each other in that way. But like, it's grown so much. And and bearing in mind, I'm saying this with a caveat, folks, this is not a service that I offer. It's just a thing <laughs> that I do with best friends and then whoever they want to bring along with them. But in November, we're going to Liverpool for a weekender. Nice. So I was like, I like people. So even yeah. hearing you say it, it's like, <laughs> I like people. I'm a people person. <laughs> And if it means that I plan it, that's cool because once an event manager, always an event manager. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. like, we've got a spot. Let's go. Um, yeah. And yeah, learning that for your peers and widening perspectives, right? Because you all mm-hmm. kind of rock up to the party with your different cultural perspectives, experiences, languages, skills, all of those things. And then that just creates such a rich environment for inspiration and growth. Yeah. If you yeah, if you're going to start a community, join a community, do anything with community, you have to be open-minded. Um, you have to be open to listening. Uh, I think that's something a lot of people struggle with: uh, listening, absorb it, and then respond, rather than you know just always coming back with your opinion and your ideas. Because that's what community is about. It's about listening to one person's point of view your point of view kind of coming together and creating something with both those point of views mm. yeah uh, <laughs> alchemy all the ingredients in the <laughs> pot let's go it's, it's gumbo it's soup it's gazpacho whatever your cultural one pot dish is it's that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jumping over a little bit, I guess, into like your personal career journey, because you've been doing this for a number of years now. What has what has it taught you? Like, what are you learning about yourself and the world? 
I just before this, I sat down and I was like, I have changed and my focus has changed and that's okay. Uh, a lot of people fear change. Um, and I know there's a lot of people out there through the pandemic that would have faced a lot of change, lots mm. of jobs, having to pivot their career. Like, for example, me with event management, obviously it wasn't a thing I could do. So you have to quick think quick and change that. So I think now is just sitting with that and going with the flow rather than forcing anything and just taking one day at a time. Like, okay, as a small business, I do plan. I'm like, okay, what's, what do I want my year to look like? But honestly, every time I sit there and plan, I'm like, I'd like to earn 5K this month and then like a 1,000 pounds ends up in my bank account. I'm like, great, <laughs> better than nothing. <laughs> but like I, I can't. I can't control the number of leads that come in. I can't control the number of yeses and the no's that I get or the number of no's that I I put out there. Mm. But I know that it's working. I know it's ticking along. It's not where I want it to be yet, but it will be it, there. It will be where I want it to be at some point. Um, and they say like a small business takes two to three years to make a profit and get off the ground. And yeah. we've had the pandemic, so... Is that going to take me longer? I don't know, but I'm surviving and life is good and I'm happy. I think anyone would always say their financial position could be better. Mm. Um, but I think we, you know, I've lived big cities. Now I live rural, remote by the beach. It's nice to slow down, reset, kind of take one day at a time kind of thing. Um, yeah. I know it sounds a bit like yogi juju but it's true <laughs> it's so true I feel so much better I'm a better person um I feel like I can serve my communities better because I can think this way I can be present in this moment yeah. rather than if I was three years ago trying to serve a community I'd be an asshole honestly because <laughs> I'd be like don't just don't bother me right now kind of thing <laughs> and that's the thing you have to be calm, cool, collected, and your stress, you need to kind of figure out how to deal with it when you're a community manager because you can't bring that into the community. Uh, mm -hmm. You're there to help people. So you have to set up those, those barriers and boundaries for yourself too. Yeah. I think that's a huge thing. I think that I had to realise, and it kind of came with this wonderful experience of imposter syndrome when I stepped into the role of, of community manager at my company because I've been doing that just over a year when I realized that actually me being me is what will make the community successful and this community is about our product so I'm not the product in this community by the way but when I looked at it when I feel tense when I feel stressed I get less done I'm less open to ideas I'm not as perceptive to what the community is communicating through it you know through our wonderful lurking signals or through more <laughs> overt sort of signals uh I start to take stuff personally <laughs> so like I'm a big fan of feedback if I'm not in the headspace for it it feels like a personal attack yeah because it's like this is my house oh yeah. you don't like the color of the walls oh maybe I shouldn't be doing this oh yeah. maybe you should go somewhere else maybe I should go somewhere the spiral <laughs> oh my God. the spiral so you know when you say like having those boundaries having those barriers to protect what 
makes me me and what enables me to do this job at the level that I do mm-hmm. and to innovate as well because a lot of it is creative problem solving yeah. it's not it's not a science it's not it's not like one plus one doesn't always equal two and then yeah. you have to sit down there and be like well I need to give some answer um <laughs> let's try and do it this way next time maybe schedule it at a different time of the day even the granularity of a webinar right and I'm saying this to everybody when you are a community manager scheduling is an art form (laughs) and it's not the type of art form where I could just say to Serena do it at two o'clock weekdays it's gonna knock out of the park it is deeply personal It's, it's intimate to your community Mm-hmm. And this is a code that we are always trying to crack. <laughs> because we need to figure out, you want this thing, what time do you want this thing? Yeah. Put it on, nobody showed up. Is it the, co- but you will watch the recording. So is it the time? Maybe we should do half past 10 instead of 10. Yeah. Do you want like, an hour or half an hour? <laughs> it's that. Maybe, maybe we change the format. Look. And all of that, it's like I said, I've been saying it throughout the episode, it's alchemy. It's this, okay, a little bit more salt. Now a little bit more pepper. Maybe some herbs. <laughs> like, <something laughs> right. And we're tasting, you know, we've got a tasting yeah. spoon. And we're just exactly. like, hmm, need something more. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> perfect. Perfect way yeah. to describe it. This is it. It's not an accident. There's so much intention and heart and creativity behind all of the things that we we put together and we love it. Like I wouldn't have it any yeah. other way. I think that's one thing that attracted me to it as a role and as a career is that it could evolve as I evolved. I could feel yeah. myself getting better. I could feel myself making the impact um, and getting that like real-time feedback, which again could be just lurky. Like yeah. It could just be like, I hit post. How many people saw that? Wow. Yeah. I think also when you're having those days where you're like, I'm not ready to do people, gifts mm. are the perfect response. <laughs> <laughs> I love <laughs> Honestly, they're just like, yeah, I got nothing, but I got a gift. <laughs> I got a gift. It's going to encapsulate what's happening in my exactly. brain and we're going to exactly. see eye to eye and it's going to be okay. Exactly. Oh, this has been an awesome conversation. <laughs> I knew it would be. It always is when we connect. Yeah. Where can folks follow you, connect with your work, reach out if they like the sound of what you do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope they do. Um, so the business is Sense and Forum. Uh, Instagram is at Sense and Forum. Same as Twitter. Websites www.senseandforum.com. Um, email me. Call me. Uh, there's a scheduling link in the on the website if you want to book in a call um happy to chat all things community remote working mental health and wine <laughs> oh wine okay red white rosé all of the above <laughs> <laughs> i love it i'm yeah. woman up to my own heart <laughs> oh gosh i'm one of those people so you know full transparency right every so often yeah. i do my food shop from asda or Sainsbury's, they both do it. And it's like five, six bottles and you pay for five. Yeah. And that's literally what I do. I get two rosé, two white and two red. There you go. That's a good deal. I, I think if you have a look at my website, you'll see most pictures have a glass of, I have a glass of wine in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's the brand. It's the yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome well thank you again i'll be including all those links in the show notes and can't wait to um connect with you again because we'll keep this conversation going sounds good i will i'm sure i'll see you in one of the many communities
what an episode. Want to continue the conversation? Join the Limitless Letter to get weekly resources for your high achieving career in a place where we all get what it means to embrace ambition and declare your desires. Go to justjazz.co forward slash join and I'll see you there.